Hey, Zoe. Hey, Gilbert. I have a problem. I, I spend so much time thinking about all these demons and this curse. Yeah? I spend losing a lot of sleep. Gilbert Horatio Forrester, you need this nifty patch from Strive. It gives you all the energy you need on those tough days when you just can't stay awake. What is it? Gil, it's... it's an energy patch, Gil. It gives you the energy you need on those tough days when you just can't stay awake. Oh. Try one now, Gil. Mmm. That's a nice smell. That's the healing rejuvenation of Stravunga Root. One patch filled with healing Stravunga will give you the boost you need. For more information, find your local Strive dealer. You'll recognize them by the Strive logo on their vehicles and the smiles on their faces. <laughs> Hi, this is the malady, the... Hey! Hi, it's Malady. This is Malady. Um, hi, uh, hey. Hey there, I'm Sullivan Forrester, and this is the Malady Podcast. A look into the Forrester family's odd, adventurous, and sometimes monstrous history. Every episode will build on the last as I search for answers while digging for my roots. This week on the show, I'll be continuing my exploration of the life and times of my great aunt, Margaret Forrester. When we last left off, we were looking into the family tree I inherited from my Aunt Maggie. This is where it gets a bit complicated. Aunt Maggie was an amazing woman who dedicated her life to being of service to others by running a home for wayward girls. Well, after hearing about her funeral, I started to feel that perhaps I didn't really know. I, it's, it's a strange feeling. Uh, discovering that someone you thought you knew had a secret life. Not really hidden, rather happening just out of sight. Wanting to get some context for the legend surrounding Maggie, I decided to start my investigation of the family with her history. So it made sense to start with someone who knew her since the beginning. Uh, Philip J. Forrester? My grandfather, Maggie's older brother. Who did you say is listening to this? It's a podcast, Grandpa. It's like a radio for the internet. Oh, right. I thought it might be for a school project. I was never that close with my grandfather. He always seemed distant and, well, a little gruff. He worked a lot on fishing boats in Alaska when my father was a kid, so they were never really that close. And I guess that just continued through my childhood. I'm just hoping to find out more about our family. I thought I'd start with Aunt Maggie. Can you tell me more about her when you were kids? Uh, little Maggie. She was... Back then we used to say things like, she's the apple of my eye. When she was born, I thought she was the funniest little thing I ever did see. When she's a little older, we were inseparable. We were a team. I don't like you and little Gilbert. Yeah, she said that a lot too. We were always getting into mischief. She was an adventurer, that one. I don't think I would have gotten into half the scrapes I managed to without her. 
<laughs> this one time, old McAllister, the baker, was passing by, and she had devised this whole plan on her own, mind you, that led her to swapping a tray of doughnuts and running off with them. She's as quick as the wind. But then she passed them off to me. I got in so much trouble. No one even suspected that sweet little Maggie could be behind that. And actually, in reward for not being like her thieving older brother, McCallis rewarded her with donuts. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it's Maggie. Well, it was Maggie. At this point, Philip was looking a bit sad, nostalgic, deep in thought. You must miss her a lot, too. I've missed her for a long time. I always heard from both Grandpa Philip and Aunt Maggie that they had been close, but I never saw it. It was fairly well understood in the family that they had some sort of falling out and weren't speaking to each other. No one seemed to know the details. I certainly didn't. It's just one of those unspoken things in the family. Though this seemed like the perfect time to find out. Why did you grow apart? Oh. Sullivan, it's been a long time. Sometimes it's best to just leave things alone. You do remember, don't you? Of course I do. My grandfather is old. He's always been old. I remember thinking he was old when I was just a little girl. Perhaps the sea, the sun, the wind weathered him prematurely. But that really wasn't it. As I sat watching him remember his deceased darling sister, I realized that it's his eyes that make him seem old. He clearly has eyes that have seen a lot. I don't know if you'd understand. I'm sorry, I, I don't want to force you into having- Sanguis est ignis. What was that? Sanguis est ignis. This, for those of you who don't remember, is the inscription of the book I inherited from Aunt Maggie. The family curse. Family curse? Sanguis est ignis. The blood is fire. As you can hear, this freaked me out a little. No one wants to hear something like that coming out of their super serious grandfather's mouth. A curse? A family curse? This is usually something people say in a joking way, but he was serious. I always thought that my family was normal, if overly large and tight-knit, but suddenly I started to realize that there's been an incredible amount of tragedy. More than I see in other people's families. Could this be what he means? The curse, Sullivan. I've been trying to ignore it, outrun it, forget it for 70 years. It got my father, it got... Honey, Adelia, it got Maggie, it got me, and it'll get you. What? 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 Has your father ever told you about how my father, his grandfather, died? Wasn't it in a in fire? In a fire? That's right, Sullivan. That was the night our lives changed. Maggie and me. September 7th, 1943. The Gulf Hotel, Houston, Texas, set us both on our fearful paths. Really, it, really, it started in June of that year. So as I've said, Grandpa Philip is old, but he's sharp and has always had an incredible memory for detail. And even as he's aged, that has remained true. 
And, well, I didn't realize how detailed he would get in recounting this memory, this story, of his family's death and the Forrester family curse. So I thought that I would like to present it for you in a different medium. So here it is. When we were little, Maggie and I loved to have adventures in the woods. To us, it was a magical place filled with mystery. Let's explore, Phil. But after my mother died, my father didn't like Maggie straying too far from home. Of course, the exception was when we went to visit Aunt Adelia. Then she had free reign to do as she pleased. Aunt Adelia lived in the next town over. Since she had no children of her own, we'd often go stay with her. So, tell me about this Frederick, Maggie. <laughs> Indiana! <laughs> Fred's my friend, but he's been awfully busy lately. Wait, Maggie? He's nothing. Aunt Adelia had this weird way of knowing things. She claimed she could read them in the fire, in the pages of her old book. I didn't ever believe her until that night. As she gazed into the fire, she seemed to go into a trance. A Auntie, are you okay? Go. Now. Now, you must head to the woods. It will meet you there. He must be stopped. It will tell you how. At that moment, she turned to me and looked me straight in the eye. She didn't look like herself. Her eyes, it, it was like they'd changed color, or, or maybe they, I don't rightly know. Someone else was looking out at me that night. And I don't know who it was. Who? Me? Philip Jameson Forrester, you must go now before it's too late. Antiata, please stop. You're scaring me. Sanguis est ignis. Auntie, I, I don't understand. The answer is in the woods. Sanguis est ignis. Sanguis est ignis. Phil, go! I don't understand! And so I bolted from the room and out the front door. Annie lived close to the woods, so I headed in that direction. It was getting dark. The woods didn't seem so full of life and magic. They seemed different, and it put me on edge. So what's next? Maggie, don't do that. I'm sorry, little sister. She teased me. Like I said, she was always a tough cookie. But I could tell that she was just as unnerved. What's what? Over there in the trees, it's glowing. Stop teasing me. I'm Phil, I'm being serious. Look. Sure enough, in the woods, it looked like a, a little fire was burning, maybe a couple hundred yards away. It flickered like a fire, but the color was off. We headed towards it. Some, some kids probably forgot to put out their fire. We got closer. We noticed that it was no bonfire. It was... Now, this sounds crazy, but... It was a floating ball of light, glowing and fluid. It never seemed to stay the same shape for long. It hovered in place for a moment before starting to slowly drift away. I think it wants us to follow it. The way it hung back and waited for us was quite unnerving. And so we set off and followed it for what seemed like ages. My feet hurt. This is weird. I'm bored. Maggie had no patience. Hush. Until it stopped at a clearing and hovered right in front of a tree marked with a black X. It was so quiet in that clearing. No rustling of leaves. No crickets, nothing. And this next part is so unbelievable, but it's still so vivid in my mind even after all these years. Now believe me, I saw it with my own two eyes. I heard it with my own two ears. I felt every hair on my body stand up on end. That ball of light hovered there. 
and then a blink of an eye, it flew at Maggie, it engulfed her, and she spoke in this strange voice. Philip Jameson Forrester, it is up to you. You must derail Ashburn Henry Forrester. M Maggie, stop, stop teasing me. The world's balance rests in your hands. Derail Ashburn Henry Forrester. Dad? What do you mean, derail? You will be rewarded. Send him away. Send him where? It will be revealed to you. You must be there on September 7th. You will be rewarded handsomely. After the deed is done, return to this place. The fate of the world rests with you. And then Maggie collapsed to the ground. Maggie! Get up! Are you okay? Phil? How'd I end up on the ground? What's happening? What's this? In her hand was a card. It said, Gulf Hotel, 615 Preston, Houston, Texas. So when my father mentioned he was looking for work, I suggested Houston. I said that I'd read it in the paper and that my friend's father had stayed at the very affordable Gulf Hotel. I gave him that card. And he went. It was a horrible fire. It took 55 souls that day. Including Ashburn. Including my father. Grandpa, you can't blame yourself for that. You didn't set the fire. I was home hundreds of miles away. They still don't know who started it. So you really think it was the curse? All I know is that my father would still be alive if it wasn't for me. That could have just been a coincidence. Strange things always happened in those days. The world was full of magic. Not like today where everything's on computers. But yeah, it was the curse. Drawing us to the fire. Things like this always happen in our family. Sorry, Grandpa. But, um, what else can you tell me about the curse? Lives in our blood. It drives us insane with drive and passion. And then it finds a way to eat us. Either drive us crazy or kill us. Grandpa, you didn't kill your father. He wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for me. How, how did this drive you and Maggie apart? Well, Maggie and I went back to that spot later on, and in the hollow of the tree was a bag of money. Maggie's wealth. We'd never been a wealthy family before that. I couldn't touch it, just thinking about eating food or living on a home paid for by that, that... Accident? Murder. I couldn't do it. But Maggie could. We fought for months. I couldn't. So I ran. I ran from the family. I ran from the guilt. I ran from the curse. But Aunt Maggie... Maggie embraced it. But look at what it did to her. It ruined her. It's not a path you want to go down. It's odd, but in that moment, I think I understood my grandfather for the first time in my life. He has always been distant and cold, and I think I understand now. He was intentionally keeping himself separate from the rest of the family because of the curse because of the guilt. I'm sorry, Grandpa. No. 
I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Because I didn't have to spread that curse. I didn't have to have children. Whatever happens to you is my fault. The Gulf Hotel burned down September 7th, 1943. And that's when I remembered. Next to my grandfather's name were two numbers, nine and seven, separated by a dash. September 7th. At first I thought the date was his birthday, but he was born in April. I checked. Could those numbers be... Well, could they... Wait, are they all dates? Sanguis est ignis. Blood is fire. The Forrester family curse. As I've said, I don't have much context for all of this, so it makes sense to set off on this journey with someone who knows more about this than I do. Next time on Malady. Malady is produced by me, Sully Forrester, and Blackout Theater Company, an Albuquerque-based theater, film, and now podcast company. For more information, go to blackouttheater.com. Malady is part of Blackout Theater's 10th season, following the Forrester family and a curse that ties them together. New episodes every three weeks. <laughs>